Hey, I'm Paige. I am packing over a decade of experience and a four-year bachelor degree into bite-sized power punches, you know, like a coffee date style conversation, but in the comfort of your home. If you're looking for candid comments on business, leadership, and getting the courage to be unapologetically you, you're in the right place. Welcome to my voice memos turned podcast, five foot one on a good day. In case you haven't gotten to listen to the last few episodes, we are currently in the midst, well, now wrapping up my mini series as part of this podcast about authenticity in business. And I've been talking about the ways that authenticity did and did not work and the various ways it showed up in the previous jobs that I've held. So this series started with episode eight, where I talked a little bit about bridging the gap between authenticity and servant leadership. And then in episode nine, we talked about temptation, uh, the temptation to dim your authenticity in the business world. Uh, episode 10 talked about authenticity and red flags in the workplace. And the last episode, episode 11, I talked about authentic honesty, especially regarding your history and where you came from. But this episode is one that I can honestly say I have been waiting to share with you because this job in particular was by far like the craziest stuff happened in this job that I'm going to talk about. Uh, it was a job that I was so excited for. It kind of felt like a, you know, a step in the right direction. And let me tell you, it has probably, it was probably the biggest crapshoot of any of my jobs. So I'm super stoked to walk you guys through like the ways that authenticity in the midst of chaos did or didn't show up because man, that stuff is not always easy, you know? But this job that I held started out, and some of you are cringing already, and trust me, you should be. This job started out with three, four interviews, I think. My first one was with a recruiter, and it went fantastic. I felt so strongly after my conversation with the recruiter. Um, She made comments like, yeah, you know, people like you are the reason I have this job. You're the reason I get excited about my job. And I was like, oh, yay, we're good. We're vibing. We're like on the same page and I love it. And so she connected me with the person who was going to be above me and said that I would need to interview with that individual. And so I interviewed with that individual, felt like it went really, really well. So by that point I had two interviews down and this individual who would have been above me said, uh, you know, cool. I want to have one more phone conversation with you. All of these were by phone at this point. Uh, so we were doing a secondary phone conversation, which about a week later, we did the secondary phone interview. Again, it went fantastic. And then this individual said that she wanted to meet with me and with another person. And this job was set up a little bit differently than the things that I had been used to in the past. The company that I was working for was contracted in by another company um, to do work for them. And so I was going to be leading a team in this scenario. I was going to be uh, overseeing a lot of stuff in this scenario. And so I walk in to what I believed to be my fourth interview. And I, sometimes when I tell these stories, by the way, I myself am shocked that they're real, first of all. And secondly, shocked that I actually said yes to this job. So just keep all those things in mind. But I walk in and I walked into the location that I would be working at. 
And the employees who were there, who I would have been over, uh, were like, oh my gosh, we're so happy you're here. Great to see you. And then person who I'd had two phone interviews with, the person who would have been above me, walked in. And this individual goes, have, have, the, have the employees shown you your office yet? I'm thinking like, why would they show me my office? I don't even know that it's mine, you know? And so we walk and we go see this office. And I'm like, oh, great. Thank you. And we walk over to where we're meeting with the other individual who, so I'm with my company, the company that I worked for at that time and the person above me, but we were also meeting with the other company that we were contracted in by. So this was a representative from this company. And when we sat down with this individual, so the three of us, I quickly realized that the questions they were asking me were not like, are you qualified for this position questions? They were like, on your first day, what will you do differently? What will you change? What are your intentions? And I was just sitting there at this table thinking, I'm a good interviewer. I know how to flip this. Like I can, I can work on it on a dime. I can change my answers. I can, I can respond to this in a way that is helpful. You know, I got it. And so I power through what I believe to be my fourth interview. And we walk back to the office that I've been shown as mine. And I said to the person above me, so that interview kind of felt like not an interview. And this individual goes, oh, well, it wasn't an interview. And I was like, what the hell you mean that wasn't an interview? Well, it turns out all other parties believed that the recruiter had called me back already, had offered me the job, and that I had signed my contract. So I went into a fourth interview thinking it was an interview when in reality that was my first meeting to set the tone for my employment in this position. Uh, so that was my start. <laughs> and from there, it just got weirder and wackier. So throughout this podcast episode, what I'm going to be doing is walking you through my experience, but giving you little notes and takeaways in the meantime. So your first takeaway is this. Practice interviewing <laughs> in a way that you can adjust your answers to any circumstance, because this was one of the absolute most vital pieces of my interviewing process. Because of the miscommunications, I was able to recognize that it was not meeting my expectations or my understanding of the scenario, adjust my answers and responses and questions so that I made it through that scenario and then walked away with the wisdom to ask for clarification for the differences. So when you practice interviewing, interviewing can be extremely terrifying. And especially when it's a position that, you know, you might not feel super qualified for. As women, a lot of times we don't take the risks to apply for jobs that we may not be qualified for. And especially when I was applying for jobs like the one that I held at this point in time, I wasn't applying... I wasn't applying for the things that I was qualified for. I was applying for the things that I was overly qualified for. And then I was very cautious about applying for the ones that actually fit what I wanted and what I had studied to do and what I felt like I was ready for. And so this job that I'm referring to, when I applied for it, I walked into it like, I hope, <laughs> hope I can do it. But it was my risk job. It was my one that I was like, I think I can do this, but I'm not overly qualified for it. And this was the one that I got. So very exciting for me. So take a risk. And when you take those risks, 
interview well and understand what interviewing well means for you. Make sure that you are comfortable with different scenarios and different questions that you have thought through <clears throat> excuse me, the things in your life so critically that you know how to bring them to the table when it's appropriate. So back to my experience. I had these awkward conversations. <clears throat> I got a phone call from the recruiter. <laughs> I negotiated. I signed the contract and I started. And so when I walked into the my first day on this particular job, uh, I because I lived nearby, and I knew that there were um, the team was in between leadership at that time. I'd gone by a few times just to check in, just to like greet people, see what I what the environment was like. Um, so the employees knew that I was coming for my first day. No one else did, though. <laughs> the recruiter had negotiated my first day, and then had not shared with either companies involved in the contract, mine or the other one what date I was starting on. So I anticipated that it would be like, you know, like the other retail jobs that I had held prior to this one. I believed that I would have training. There'd probably be a few tests that I had to take, you know, some time at a computer, some hands-on time, some conversations. I, and that was not the case. I knew from experience in some of my other jobs that I would need things like you know, where can I park? <laughs> How do I get into this building? Um, some details like that that I was aware of, and thank God I was, because otherwise I wouldn't have really gotten past my first day. However, on my first day, there was no one there to train me. I didn't have my employee number. I didn't have uh, the email address login that I needed. I didn't have a key to my building. I didn't know our store hours. Like, I knew nothing nothing and ain't nobody there to help me. So on my first day, I looked at my team who was kind of shocked that I was there. Um, I reached out to the representative on the company who had contracted me in and let them know that I was present, reached out to my, uh, the person above me and let them know that I was present. They shocker had no idea it was my first day and said, so what do I, what do I do? Like, I have my job description, but I don't know what these things mean. And so I looked at my employees and I said, well, why don't you show me what a day looks like for you? And just shadowed them for the first day. And lucky enough for me, I had a few other people who were in my same hierarchical position call and greet me, you know, and welcome me into our company. And bless their hearts. <laughs> they called and said, you know, glad you're here, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of it, each of them said, let me know if you need anything. And to both of them, I said, well, actually, I have about 25 questions. How long do you have? And and got them on the phone and had a conversation and ended up being that both of them actually commuted out to come help me because I had no idea what I was doing and there was no support. So that chaotic situation left me with one enormous takeaway because I could sit and I could nitpick anything in that scenario. I'm sure you mentally have found 25 things on top of my 25 questions that went wrong or weren't okay or could have been adjusted in the meantime. And trust me, I did too, and I've processed a lot of those. However, my biggest takeaway from this experience 
was to take advantage of every single moment. And especially for me growing up, I wasn't one to seize every moment. I was one who would like sit back and observe. And then five years later, be like, oh, I wish I would have done that. Like, Man, I wish I would have taken that route instead of that one. And so in this experience, I learned that every conversation, every question, every minute, take fully and complete advantage of it. Because what I didn't want was for a day to go by where I became more ill-equipped for a job that I already didn't feel overly qualified for. And so that's a really big takeaway, especially as you are learning how to be authentic in business and you're learning how to be authentically you in the midst of every circumstance. It's really important that you look at each moment, say, okay, cool. What can I learn? How can I come out of this a better person? How can I take this experience and be more qualified in this moment to walk away from something that was hard? And as you reach for these risks and you push yourself a little bit more and you lean into opportunities that are a little scary and a little uncharacteristic for you, perhaps, it's key that you understand the importance of every moment. And I don't mean to seize every moment to the extent where you get exhausted, overworked, frustrated, or quit, especially if it's a job that you love. What I want you to do is take every moment, including your moments of rest. And if that means that you had an awful customer or a disheartening experience or you lived in chaos for a little too long and you need to go on a walk, take your butt on a walk. And if you need to take a breather, go get yourself a cup of coffee. But again, this all comes back to knowing your boundaries, knowing your limits, knowing what is authentically you and what the authentic you needs. Because you ignoring your needs isn't going to get you far. And it's not going to allow you to seize these opportunities when they come your way. So back to my experience. Lucky you. When I would say during these first few weeks, Uh, When I was in this experience and I was understanding that I was pretty much on my own, I, I took all of the knowledge that I had gathered from previous experiences and previous jobs, every good and bad experience I'd had about training, and I began to train myself. So I went through and I worked through all of our uh, systems that this business had. So this business had various outlets that they utilized for different aspects of their company in order to fulfill their contract with this other organization. And so at the end of the day, there was seven to 10 different Uh, platforms that I had to use. And when I found the instruction manuals and the instructions online on their so-called training website for these different platforms, all of them were close to eight years outdated and had not been updated. The system and the platform had been updated. The instructions had not. And so I began to give myself grace in my learning and understand that I can ask as many questions as I want and as I need, but that doesn't guarantee that they will be answered. So my takeaway from that, which I'm hoping you've already learned to lean into a little bit, and if not, man, you have some great opportunities to do so. But especially if you are uh, newer to the workforce or you are close and on the verge of getting your, your first step towards your dream job, learn to Google stuff. Learn to research well. Learn to dive in 
like, I want to say feet first, but I literally mean head first. Lean in with all of your mind, all of your heart, all of your, um, the functions that you have learned to keep yourself in motion. Try to find the answers before you bombard somebody else. And sometimes those answers don't look like facts. Sometimes those answers look more like questions. Perhaps you've done some research and you've uh, made a list of questions and you, and that's it. And that's okay. You might not find the answer, but you may find guidance to get you to said answer. And sometimes your research will get you to the right email address for who to contact for how to find out the information that you need. And all of these are valid when it comes to research and anticipation and showing up authentically. And I think one thing that can really hold us back when we are learning at a job, whether it's a new job or an old job, or you're going towards a promotion in your job. But we get scared of being authentically illiterate or unknowledgeable. Um, we become so terrified of like, well, shoot, I, I should know everything. I should be able to figure this out. Like, I read my training packet. Um, I should have this under my belt. And we don't. And we get really scared about that. But there are ways to say, hey, I know that you've told me this before, but I don't remember. (laughs) When you have a few minutes, can you please point me in the direction where I can find that information for a second time? Thank you so much for your patience. And there's some key things when we acknowledge that our understanding is a little bit less than or when we may maybe even feel like it could be. It's really important that you frame it in a positive light that you take responsibility, and that you thank the person for their time and energy. And that's really important because so many times we walk into these conversations saying like, I'm so sorry, I forgot again. I know you've told me this. Man, just have some confidence in your willingness to learn because that's what you're doing. You're asking so that you can walk away a better person, so that you can walk out of this in understanding your job better, understanding your role better, understanding your flaws better. And you're doing it because you want to be authentically you, authentically real, and authentically truer to the best you possible. And that is a valid place to stand from. But until you recognize that that is valid, and that you can still be whole even without perfection, it's going to be really dang hard for you to ask for help. The art of asking for help will change your whole work experience, and especially when you start to realize that your ability to ask for help has started to rub off on those around you. And the longer that I stayed in this experience as a whole, uh, the more I learned that me being authentically me especially in my lack of knowledge, allowed my employees, my team, my manager uh, to also admit their faults and want to be better. Because I was just, man, my employees for the first few weeks, they were like, how do I do this? And I would chuckle and be like, "Ah, you know, I don't know, but let's learn together. And after a few months, I heard one of them say that to the other. Uh, they said, yeah, I don't know. Let's learn together. And they tried to learn. And that blew my mind. It made my heart so happy. But in a lot of ways, they had seen my humility and my example, and they had stepped into their own humility as well. And what you want, especially in leadership, in any company, and when it's chaotic, you want people to be able to stand next to each other and to learn for themselves. Because we talk about team a lot. 
you know, we talk about, especially when, when you get out of the entrepreneurial realm and you walk into the traditional business realm, there's a lot about team and environment and the atmosphere that you set and customer experience and work-life balance and employee satisfaction. And these are all extremely key things. However, at the end of the day, you want a team who will have each other's backs and push forward together. And that's what I learned in this chaotic, hectic experience is how to put two and two together, create a team, have each other's backs, and move forward as one singular unit. And there's a lot of things that come into that, but communication is key. And being able to train yourself and train others around you and to look for information that you haven't been given, uh, that will get you far. So after a few months of me being in this this particular role, uh, I had moved from shock <laughs> to, uh, I guess, in a lot of ways, being a self-starter. And through this collaborative, let's learn together, co-training situation. And after that, our next stages were to create an experience. So what do we want this to look like? Because in this particular role, part of the chaos came from there being two different organizations involved. So my company that was contracted in by the other one felt a lot like um, felt a lot like a broken relationship. And in reality, that's what it was. I was the child of a broken relationship and I had to like overly communicate to one side and then be super empathetic towards the other and talk up both sides to the other because they didn't get along. They didn't always see each other's vision. They didn't see eye to eye. And when you end up in the center of chaos, the way that you communicate with both sides can turn two-faced really, really, really quickly. So when we talk about authenticity in business, that's the other takeaway in all of this, is that you and your communication need to stay true and authentic to all parties at all times, in every aspect, in every way, shape, and form. You have to stay true to that. So the way that you show up in one conversation, darn well better match the other ones. So for example, Let's say that you are leading a team and you have two employees who don't quite get along. (laughs) We've all been there. And if you haven't yet, you will someday. But when your employees don't quite get along, let's say they had a, a, I don't know, a minor disagreement, but because of maturity levels, because of life experiences, maybe because of different cultures, you know, they don't see eye to eye. The conversation that you have with one party, will get out to the other party. So be sure that the same you shows up to one person and the other. And then when you talk about the situation, you know, because things travel, we all know about the water cooler gossip location. Like it's just the truth. People will talk and things will get around. Same thing with like how much you pay your employees, Uh, what their hours are, the way that you handled various situations, none of this will stay silent forever. So keep that in mind because one thing that I am very passionate about and that this particular chaotic experience showed me looking back is that in order to cover myself and all parties in an authentic, true, respectful, kind uh, way, (laughs) 
is to be sure that I don't overshare with anybody. I don't ever uncover the things that one person says to me. I don't listen to one and then go to the other and be like, man, so-and-so said this about you. I don't ever say that. I might say, hey, we're going to have a conversation that might might totally suck, but I think all of us need to sit down in a room versus me have a conversation with you and me have a conversation with this person. Let's the three of us get there. And sometimes you will need to act as more of a mediator than a than a guidance counselor. And that's just a variation of your role. But when you talk to people and when you show up in one way to another and a different way to the other person, word will travel and it won't look well on you. So let's let's assume that at some point in your life, you're going to find yourself in a mildly chaotic situation in the workplace. What I want for you is I want you to be able to be calm, to be authentic, to be rational, to be wise, and to be fluid in every situation you walk into. And the way to do that is to maintain your peace, to understand yourself, and to hold boundaries for your own needs, what the authentic you needs. And then when you have time, reflect back on those. Pay attention to things that you liked, that you didn't like, that felt good, that didn't feel good, um, when you felt like the most true, authentic you, when you felt a little bit uh, jaded or hurt, and then reflect on that. And give yourself yourself grace. I say grace a lot, but I mean it. Like, Be kind to yourself. (laughs) Speak kindly to yourself. Be patient with yourself because in every experience, you're going to see things that you could do better and things that you... I did pretty well, you know, and it's not fair for yourself or your authentic true nature or how you're showing up in the business realm for you to be unkind to yourself. In fact, it's a waste of time. However, it's okay to get angry about some things and sometimes you need to. And sometimes we don't let ourselves feel quite enough about each scenario. And I know for me, sometimes looking back, I'm like, oh, man, I just got sad about that situation when reality, like I'm kind of (laughs) pissed. And sometimes you're going to have emotions that come up later that you're like, I got it. I got to go deal with that. Just give yourself space to do so. And it takes practice. Nobody's going to be perfect for the first time. Nobody's going to show up in the business realm and be like an absolute pro at being the authentic, true you everywhere you go. In fact, it takes daily practice and starting over daily and forgiving yourself daily and walking through hard things daily. That's not a bad reflection on you. It simply means that you are human, that you are practicing, and that you're getting better every single time. There you have it. My two cents on the topics that I kind of wish were common knowledge. So go out there, be the best authentic you humanly possible, and make today a good one.